All right, you ready? Yeah. Cool. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Go More to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. What's up? Oh, you know, just here to do a little talk, talk podcast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> a little chitty, chitty, chat, chat. A little, little talk, talk pod. Um, I also feel like we should have sent out save the dates because it is the end of May. It is. Um, which means that at the end of this week is June 3rd. June 3rd. Do save the date. Do save the date because we will be adding a new tier to our Patreon on Friday. We will do an episode every week for Gilmore Revisited um, because at the rate we were going at, we were going to be finishing the series sometime around 2050. um, (laughs) We don't really know if we want to do it for that long. Yeah, You can join the Super Cool Party People tier on Friday and we'll be recapping the third episode on June 3rd. And three is your favorite number, so I think this is lucky. It's also my half birthday it's yes like a, whole, a whole moment for me it is it feels fun um fun for everyone except for um maybe Laura like Gilmore yeah that makes sense but I think we're gonna have a lot of fun yeah four bonus episodes a month we have a lot to talk about trying to blow through season one yeah you know because as much as we love it well as much as I love it I'm a little you know, bored. It's not that I don't love it. I yeah. just don't really like it. We're just trying to spice it up a little bit. We're trying to find like the good parts and the nooks and the crannies of this world building season. I know. There's not enough Logan in season one. Yeah, there's no Logan in season one. I know. And that's not enough. <laughs> you silly goose. Speaking of Logan, mm-hmm. you know what we didn't do in our last episode? What? We got very invested in how wrong the proposal was in general and the narrative and how much we hated it. We never actually stepped back and we're like, should she have said yes? Should she have said no? And what's interesting is that I had written down in my notes, like, did you know she was going to say no? And I think the real question I wanted to ask is like, do you think she should have said yes? At the time, I yes. In 2007, you were like, why did you say no? Yeah. This was that moment when you were talking about before about me standing outside of the studio with... um you know, my sign burning trash can behind me. Like that was how I felt about it because I knew it was coming. I remember where I was like sitting, what I was wearing, the blanket that I had on is in my room still. Like I associate that blanket with it. Like I, of Rory saying no, it was so, it was traumatizing. Like this was my couple. These are my two, these are my people. And she said no, and it was done. And he walked away as an adult. I very much understand why she said no. Yeah. What a terrible proposal. Like, I'm 22, leaving college. You have not discussed marriage with me at all. Like, Mm. what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I I mean, I guess we can talk about it now, but, like, this just puts this, like, weirdness into our relationship that, like, it was the conversation that he had with her after he proposed. And it's like, I have this all figured out. And it's like, but we were supposed to figure this out together. Like, I can really see it. Again, a testament to the season seven writing of it all, because it was just not Mm. it it was not right is there a world though in which he could have done it better where you would have wanted her to say yes even as an adult like is there a way that that could have happened even after their conversation in hay bale maze where that would have felt right do you think that it it would have been better if he had said i want to marry you and she's like look i don't think we're ready for that and he was like you know what you're right this is like me making like fan fiction out of this i always wanted lorelei to give him guidance here. Mm. That's what I always thought should have happened if this was like the case because Lorelai always did that to Rory's boyfriends, kind of like guided them into how to like be there for her. She did it with Dean when Dean was getting stalkery and she did it with Jess when Jess didn't know how to be there for her. She never really did that with Logan. I mean, she gave the letter because Logan knew what to like ask for and Logan kind of knew how to like show up for Rory. I think that this would have been the moment of Lorelai to be like, have you talked to Rory about this? And he's like, no. Yeah. Especially because the conversation that they had, like I was just about to say that like Dean was very integrated into Lorelai's world. Jess was by association of Rory because they were in Stars Hollow and that's where the relationship took place. Logan wasn't, which we've spoken to before on the pod. Yeah. But like the Hay Bale Maze conversation happened in Stars Hollow. So like, and they were sort of starting to form this like loose friendship and connection with each other where there was a mutual understanding of like, we love the same person in two completely different ways, but we love the same person. She is our priority. 
And then you're right for her to not like offer him some semblance of guidance or for him to not really go to her for guidance. He more so went to her for permission and understanding of like, I'm going to do this. And that's why I have a hard time with the season seven writing because like, I don't think that Lorelai would have just been like, yeah, great. Because like, I think it's like Suki is talking about like, you've never not had an opinion on something. Mm -hmm. It felt like I wanted the moment to be between Logan and Lorelai or like him being about to propose and Lorelai is like, not like this don't do this like this like yeah maybe like up until that point she was like all opinions and she's like don't do it like this I think I would have like liked to like a proposal that was going to happen but then didn't because Lorelai told him not to or something like that I don't know I don't know what I would have wanted yeah like my brain has written a million fan fictions about it of course haven't we all but like given what we have I just think it makes sense that she said no I don't like how it happened like the I love you you know that I love you Mm. it just felt like I mean clearly like love is it's not always enough but it's just that they just were on such different pages after having like just like very intentionally gotten on the same page a couple yeah. episodes ago for me it makes sense I don't know if for you or for other people but like ultimately as much as I hate it I mean I want to marry this man <laughs> so sure. I want to say yeah yes, so you're you know? looking at Rory Gilmore going like why do you not want to marry this I'll man? take it boo-boo and it doesn't sound to me though that she didn't want to marry him it sounded more that she was like we're not ready for this we just had this conversation and like why are we t- pulling this in like a completely different direction than the one we literally just talked about three episodes ago and she says I love the idea of being married to you it didn't yeah. sound like I don't want that it's just like can we do this differently and he's like I don't want to go backwards it's like recalibrating where you're at with the person that you love in like a real general life sense is that really moving backwards for you if it is again you're not on the same page because like when you love somebody and you want to make it work like you kind of have to recalibrate all the time when you're in a sustainable relationship because chances are as you continue to grow that's not always going to be completely linear or parallel it's going to be a little wonky and you're both going to separate a little bit and then have to come back together and that's recalibration they were not on the same page and I didn't think he was at his a phase in his life because I've seen a lot of people talk about where like it's this thing of like if Logan wanted to get married and she wasn't ready he like was totally in his right to be like to bounce to be like I can't do this this is what I need from my life but I never saw Logan as being in a place where he was like I have to get married now I'm moving and this is the only step forward that I'm willing to take. I felt like it was more of like like the conversation from Hey Bill Maze where it was like we're factoring each other in. Yeah. We're going to move back and forth and like figure out how this works for both of us. Yeah. And like you're the person I want to be with. You're the woman that I love. Yeah. And you're not ready right now when I'm ready. But like maybe we can figure out what that means in a general sense. For sure. I think that it was the writers going how can we break these two characters up after we've in already really easy way. given them this conversation. I think I said this on the last episode the the writers were like okay so only way to do this is that he's gonna propose and she's gonna say no and then that's the end yeah and I just felt again I said this last time it was lazy pick another option yeah there wasn't enough time to like brew up a conflict that wasn't like Logan cheating or like Logan dying which I did consider that last night you know I was just laying in bed you were considering Logan dying is this like Rory breaking her arm yeah I was literally just, I was like, what would have happened if Logan would have just died? And I was like, would have hated it. But I also was like, still would have picketed outside with trash cans on fire. I would have, but like with a wink, because I think I would have loved it. Because I was watching, I don't know why, I just watched that, the boat crash episode of Grey's Anatomy last night when um, McDreamy's in the hallway, like sobbing uh, because Meredith's about to die. If you haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, sorry for spoiling that. It was from like 2005. I've never seen Grey's Anatomy, so thank you for that. Well, you know that the titular character does not die in season three of a show that has 17 seasons so like you're good (laughs) um so then I made me think of like what if Logan had died and I was like I think I would have been cool with it I love him but like it had made it so interesting it sounds to me though that you would have preferred that over the ending that you did get yeah I really think that I would have preferred if like in one of the last episodes if Logan had like straight up died and Rory like had to move on like now as a person into her new life. Mm. I think I would have preferred that. Wish the proposal didn't happen because it didn't make sense. I think she was right to say no within the circumstances but I think the better option would have been to kill Logan. (laughs) And that's our show folks. Thanks so much for joining. (laughs) We'll see you next time.
<laughs> this was hot takes with Haley. But the moral of this story, the reason that we started talking about this is because we started getting on the topic of I love you and how I love you is used in this show. And yeah. this was one of the only proposals, if not the only proposal, where I love you was thrown around in a very interesting way. He says, I don't know a lot, but I know that I love you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the only one that doesn't really go that well. I guess all of the other proposals, no one's ever rejected a proposal before. I mean, I guess Borlaid rejected Chris, but like that was a half-ass attempt. That wasn't real. Yeah. We also have to draw it a little bit that it's season seven mm-hmm. because the thing with Amy that she said before is like she thinks that I love you is said too much on TV. The exact quote was, I love you for me is a tricky phrase on television because I think it's a way overused phrase as it is in life. And honestly, I think the word, the exchange of I love you is used a lot in season seven, a lot more than yeah. we see throughout the entire duration of the series. But what I did love about it, even though I'm sure it was not done purposefully, is that Rory saying I love you to Logan is so easy. And where yeah. she started for kicking it all the way back to season one, when she was told by another boy that he loved her, that was not an easy thing for her to say. No, because this is where we get Dean. Deanie babies. Deanie baby in his little car he made. Oh, the sentiment of that was so nice. Like the whole date was like well planned out, especially yeah. for a 16 year old. But you know that this was actually this episode where he says I love you was actually the first TikTok that I made that went viral and then led me to you. Oh my gosh, look at that. Dean brought us together. I hate that. (laughs) Let's never talk about that again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Scratch that from the record. I said that Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers was the first time that I really realized that Dean was Rory's most toxic boyfriend. And it was in a very, very small moment. I talked about this on our first episode because in Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers, Dean asks Rory to get out of Friday night dinner in order to accommodate this date that he's planned. And what I didn't right. like about it was that he was like, well, our anniversary is really on Saturday, but I have work on Saturday. So can you take off Friday? It's like, why didn't, why couldn't you guys have done Sunday? It's all for the plot. It's all for the narrative. But I said that I felt like Dean was always asking Rory to make concessions for him. A lot of people on my TikTok were arguing that like it was the Firelight Festival so he wanted he wanted to Didn't incorporate that. that. Exactly. It was like no I have work on Saturday and they're like well work is more important than a dinner and I was like y'all don't understand that Friday night dinner was an agreement that she made well that her mom made with her grandparents so that she could go to Chilton so that they would pay yeah. for Chilton. That is kind of the equivalent of working and that might it's be a hot take. Work. Some people might completely disagree with me and that's okay. I wouldn't say working. It's a commitment. They're both commitments. Yeah. These are like weekly, in Dean's case, scheduled wise, commitments that they both have that right. like he knows about that he needs to respect as much as she wouldn't be like, don't go to work today. Yeah, but that was the first time that I saw like a very subtle red flag in Dean that I was like, oh, you planned all of this and didn't even ask her, kind of yeah. a la Logan planning their lives and not asking her. Very different, <laughs> but that. you know where I'm going. Anyway, all of that aside, the date that he planned was actually really beautiful. So cute. Really, really nice. The restaurant that they went to. Yeah, yeah, it was just, and how attentive he was towards her. And then they went to the Firelight Festival and then he brings her to the junkyard to show her the car. And like, it's all very sweet. But what really kills it, I think, for everybody is that then when he turns to her and he's like, I love you, and she doesn't say it back or she needs a minute to process, he loses it. And I understand this is a 16-year-old boy, but like, did you do all of those things? Were you only nice to her and set all that up and built the car and took her out to dinner? Because you needed to hear that she loved you too. And I I know that it's like a big thing when you're a teenager to like say that. His feelings were hurt. Of course. Absolutely. But it's like. My feelings would be hurt. But it's like he gets angry and immediately starts kind of like not. I wouldn't say attacking her is the wrong word. But it's like you like you want to go talk to your mom about it. Ooh, that was the worst part. Make a pro con list. And she goes not fair. And it's like yeah that is really unfair. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't ready to say it because, like, that's not really, like, the reaction. Yeah. And that's not the reason you tell someone that you love them to hear it back. And maybe when you're a teenager, that's the reason. Because you want to make sure that you are on the same page and that you share in that love together. Of course you want that. But... No surprise Dean got mad, though. (laughs) Well, no, because he's so inflammatory. But I felt really bad that she felt guilty over 
not saying I love you. It was it was interesting that she said, look at my mom. Yeah. Like, that was, like, one of the reasons, which, like, she doesn't really, like, elaborate on, but it's, like, look at my mom because a boy told her that he loved her at 16. Look, here I am now for you to love. Or, like, my dad isn't around. Like, I always wonder, like, what exactly she meant by look at my mom in our life yeah. when she said that. I always want to be, like, say more words tell me more but what's also interesting about this is that obviously we know they break up and then the next episode starts with Lorelai being like what happened and Rory's like I I don't know he just broke up with me that's it she's not being honest about what happened no because she doesn't want to tell her mom takes her several episodes before it's like Dean is brawling in the street with Luke before Mm -hmm. she's really willing to admit what happened well when she does finally admit what happened Lorelai only learns this information because Dean tells her because Lorelai goes to confront him in the grocery store and she's like I I just want to tell you, you are scum. And he's like, I don't understand why everyone is on my back. I say I love you and she can't say it back and now everybody hates me. And Lorelai was so blindsided. Yeah. And she goes to Emily and Richards because Rory has run away because she's so upset and she's carrying all of this frustration with her. She sits down with her and she's like, I ran into Dean today and he told me that he said I love you and that you couldn't say it back and I would hate to think that I raised a kid who couldn't say I love you. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking because there's... There's so much guilt surrounding this idea of love between two teenagers. For me, I wonder if Rory did really love Dean. I don't, I really don't know because that's the thing about this conversation that she has with Lorelai is like, it's almost like, I don't think that she didn't love him. I think she loved him probably in her teenager way, way. that you love Yeah, someone. there are so many different iterations of love. I don't know if maybe she had never considered it before or like she was too, I don't know. You know, I don't know why she didn't say it back. I don't yeah. know why she wasn't considering that at the time. But I wonder how much Lorelai's conversation here played into her deciding to say it. Did she really feel it and want to say it back? Mm. Or was it this conversation of like, I don't want you to be afraid to say it. But like, did she like fully feel, did she want to get back together with Dean? And like, that was like, that's what I'm saying. She felt like that was the only way that she could get back together with Dean is like, I love you. Lorelai says, don't just say it at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, Like it has to take a lot of thought and be right and be real. And it's, which makes me think that maybe she did consider it, but like, well, she's getting two completely different ideas of what love is. One from her mom and one from Dean, because Dean was like, you either feel it or you don't. And he's right. Like you either feel like you love someone or you don't. And and that is a feeling that is so foreign to teenagers because like truly some of the only love that you know is usually between like parents, family members, friends, romantic love and committed love in that capacity is so new. And so I understand the thought that has to go behind it, but he's not wrong. Like it's either something you know or you don't. It shouldn't have to be something you think about. It didn't really seem to me that she didn't necessarily feel like she wanted to say it. It's more that she was like, I have to think about whether or not I'm going to say this to you in this moment Mm. right now. Interesting. Do I want to commit myself to the idea that I love you and you love me? I was wondering if she actually felt it. Like, if me that too. Was like I, a, there's a part of me that also wonders. I mean, I said that before. The Lorelai conversation is interesting because it's like, are you like? It's the concept of like, are you going to? I want you to be ready for it when it happens. Like, yeah. I want you. To, I don't want you to just throw it around. But like, when love finds you, I want you to be ready to openly say it. Yeah. Like, because the whole conversation, Rory asks if Lorelai is ready for when it happens, and she. She says she's working on it. Hmm. I wonder what came from that conversation, learning that Lorelai wasn't quite ready, what made Rory feel like she was when yeah. the time finally came. Yeah. Again, I wonder if it was the circumstances of like, I've lost this person who I did love or I was starting to fall in love with or like I was starting to feel those any type of feelings for. And yeah. so I feel like now... That must mean that I love him. I don't know. It's so tricky. I'm curious to know what other people, what our listeners think of that. Like, do yeah. you think she actually loved Dean in this moment, in this iteration of like between Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers and Love Daisies and Troubadours? Like, do you think that Rory went through the journey of like, I love him? Or is it I lost him and I feel like the only way that I can get him back is to tell him I love him? Which I feel like that's more of like, more like a, a subconscious thing. It's not like a, like a manipulative emotional no, definitely thing of like, 
not. It's more of like, I think I love him. I think that that's how we're going to get back together is because I love him rather Mm -hmm. than being like, oh, I really love this man. Yeah. I made a mistake. And again, we're talking about two 16-year-old kids, for lack of a better Kids that were written by (laughs) By adults. Yeah. Yeah. But it is something that I've always wondered because the finale felt so romantic and so passionate when I was watching it as a kid. And now watching it back, I'm like... Uh... (laughs) Well, what's interesting about it is this conversation with Lorelai is kind of like Lorelai prepping Rory in the sense of like, I want you to be ready for it when it happens. Mm. Like, I don't want it to be something that like you do need to sit and make a pro con list. Like it is requiring thought. But like to that effect, Rory did not plan any of this out. Dean showed up at school and when the moment presented itself to her, she knew she was ready then. Yeah. But on the other side of that, on the like, oh my God, Dean Forrester, he was like gonna leave. And her response was, I love you, you idiot. Yeah. So it's like, here's another moment where like Dean's pulling away from you. And like the only thing that he wants from you is to say, I love you. And that's what's going to make him stay. Are you saying it? Because like, are you screaming it across Chilton's front porch where his truck is parked because you feel it? Which never made any sense. (laughs) Why does everyone from Stars Hollow just park their fucking cars and trucks? In the There's middle like a Stars of- Hollow drama preferred parking spot on the front lawn of children. Right in front of the fountain. <laughs> yeah. Gets me every time. But it's like, he's going to leave. And she yells it. And he's like, what? You love me? And it's like, all is well. Yeah. It felt like a problem solving, let's get back together yeah. mechanism. Even if it was subconscious. But again, it's all for the narrative. Because yeah. well, as we come to yeah. learn in season two, and this over the course of this next year, she's also going to fall in love with somebody else. Yeah. Or rather, develop Ooh. feelings for somebody else. His name is Jess. Jess. Jess, Jess Mariano. Mariano. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Fitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G I L M O R E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast. So they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I think that in the sense of like 
the boyfriend, Dean was kind of just like a practical love. Like mm-hmm. Dean was, I love you because this is this is what makes sense. This is the step in our relationship. We stepped backwards because we broke up because you loved me and I wasn't sure. The next step is me saying I love you. And that's like, we're just taking steps together. Whereas mm-hmm. with Jess, it felt like I am all consumed feelings now. Like, oh. this is what I didn't understand before. It's kind of like that like fear that comes with that all consuming feeling of like, if I say this, this might like, in the same way that like the Dean saying it, like this might mess things up. I don't think he ever saw that as a possibility of like yeah. when you're in that not like I wouldn't say tumultuous but like you're in that sort of relationship that Jess and Rory had it feels yeah. like saying it is almost like taking you out of this like little dreamy like relationship that you have yeah. it's like tension this flirtiness that like was season two because once they actually got together I feel like it lost that like mystique of things mm-hmm. and I just I wonder if she would have said it to him earlier than on the phone I think that she felt it for him for Jess. Yeah, because she says, I think that I loved you. I think I she may doesn't... have loved you. Yeah. It's already past tense, which is so interesting because this is her graduation. It's only been a few episodes since he's left and we don't really know like the actual timeline, but Keg Max was supposed to be him buying tickets to the prom. So like yeah. we have to imagine it has not been that long. It's only been like at the max a month. I think I may have loved you. And that also goes back to what we've talked about on the pod already about like how they really, really glazed over the entire ending of Jess and Roy's yeah. relationship and the fallout there because like it's never talked about with Dean it was you know in the breakup part two she was trying to distract herself she was wallowing you know and then she leaves Dean for Jess so we don't really see fallout there except for them trying to be friends but like in the tree (laughs) yeah which is another moment where she looks at him and and she says I I really did love you so maybe she did maybe Rory answers our own question for us maybe she really did love him she loved him as much as she was going to love him and no more But then when she does fall for Jess, I mean, like, you don't leave someone who you say, like, I really did love you for someone who you don't have, like, incredibly strong feelings for. And so to then by the end of that season, to already land on, I think I may have loved you. And then to not see the fallout from that relationship was so fascinating to me from a narrative perspective. It's almost like she goes to college and like... And it's not until she sees him again that like she can uncompartmentalize it and like, oh, maybe I'll talk about this with briefly in the kitchen with my mom. Yeah. And and a little bit with Babette. Yeah. But like... It's never really fully unpacked because even then when he says to her, I love you. Oh, (laughs) first of all, Rory running through town and just saying, how did you learn to run like that (laughs) is up there with like Luke and Logan playing basketball in a vineyard valentine. Like, no. Him chasing her through the streets and no one doing anything about it. The entire town knows that these two broke up like the better half of a year ago. He's chasing her through the streets and no one does anything. Everyone would stop what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, she is being chased by a man. No one has stopped what a they're doing. A man they all hate. Yeah, a man that is despised by this town. He's ru- yeah. he's chasing her through the streets and no one is stopping him. Stranger danger. <laughs> Stranger danger. <laughs> what she says here is that she's imagined a hundred parting lines between the two of them that he just up and left. Like, what does he have to say for himself? And he says, I love you. Oh. And then he gets in his car and he drives away. I will say, I want to pull us back before we get to this moment. Do you think that when they started dating, when they started this relationship, that they were already there, that they were already feeling it, they were already in love, and they hadn't really fully gotten to it? Because, 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 we know that Amy Sherman Palladino loves a reference. And in Teach Me Tonight, when they're in the car driving, you know, and he says, I can go straight and go to Luke's, go back, or I can turn right and we can just keep driving. And she says, turn right. He says, as you wish, which as we know from the Princess Princess Bride, Bride. every time Wesley said, as you wish, he was saying, I love you. Mm -hmm. And that's not lost on Jess. And I know it's like, just like a, a phrase to say, but like, do you think that there was something in Jess that was like, even if in that moment of like, I'm falling in love with this girl or like not even like fully recognizing it of like not saying I love you to her, but like that sentiment sitting inside of him that that came out in that way. Wow. I never thought of it that way. 
Yeah. No, I fully think that they started already having such strong, strong, strong feelings for each other. Do I know that it was love? I think it was love on a certain kind of level because they were friends first. Jess and Rory knew each other already. And when you walk into a relationship like that, whether you're a teenager or an adult, it just starts you off at a completely different jumping off point. It's giving cardigan vibes. Mm. When you're young, they assume you know nothing, but I knew you. Mm. Yes. Like, that's the thing is, like, I feel like, even in saying all this, I feel like when you get to, like, the Teach Me Tonight moments and, like, the running to New York, this is when we get that, like, curiosity, intrigue, flirtiness between them that, like, feels like love Love. is building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't know that if, if they were really, like, willing to, like, admit it because it takes Jess a really long time to get there yeah and I think it's because like who told him that they loved him like for sure who in Jess's life had like a love that didn't feel I don't know manipulative that like I love you wouldn't have been like an excuse like I imagine if Liz said it to him it was like I love you but I can't really help you yeah I love you like it feels like it would have been like conditional yeah or like unconditional but like kind of pointless yeah It's interesting because I wonder if Rory saying to him, I think I may have loved you. If the spinoff had happened, because we see him on the other end of the phone in California and he hangs up and he walks away. I wonder if we would have gotten more exploration of those feelings between him and his dad had we seen an actual spinoff. Like if he would have talked Mm. about it, because I wonder if her saying that to him was one of the first times that someone was like, I may have loved you unconditionally, but like, I guess I just have to let that go because you've left and you abandoned me and you walked away. Very interesting. Though you know what I did just think about is like how that would have panned out in his like in Windward Circle and then on Gilmore Girls because you know you know that they would have done like the Raven Sweet Life of Hannah Montana where they did like a crossover episode Mm -hmm. of like Windward Girls Gilmore Circle of like something's happening to Jess that like Rory and Luke end up in his episode that would have been. Oh, I'm sad we didn't get that. That would have been really good. I am and I'm not. I love Jess. I am a team Jess stan. But I don't think that he was the person we needed a spinoff of. I recognize what they were trying to do with a father-son dynamic and the exploration of that relationship where they don't really know each other. And that comes from a show about a mother-daughter who know each other so well that they're best friends. Yeah. But I just don't think that the show itself, I don't think people were invested enough in that storyline for it to be in a standalone series. Yeah. I agree. Do you think that they would have broken the two of them up at the end of season three had there not been this idea for a spinoff? I think they would have. Jess can't do long distance. Jess can barely do short distance from Luke's to the Gilmore house. That's true. You're right. I just, I don't think he was ready for it. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. I just didn't know. It's kind of the same question we posed earlier about Logan and Rory. It's like under those circumstances, it did make sense. They shouldn't have been together anymore. But it's kind of parallel in the sense that, like, I feel like Amy wrote this storyline to cater to the spinoff. And I feel like the season seven writers were like, well, we've got to break them up if that was Amy's intention. You're saying, like, if they hadn't had this spinoff at all, Mm -hmm. like, if it would have just, like, continued on. I like to think that maybe Jess would have been really secure in Rory going to an Ivy League and him I guess having to finish his next year at high school or or... would if they had broken up would he have still remained a series regular I don't know I'm just really curious if we ever have one of the writers on one day I would love to ask them and pick their brain about that specifically like was that the motive for writing off their love even like the fact that like it was written off it doesn't make sense like coming back around to it why it took like literally until a family matter that's when Jess came back and that is when Rory started feeling her feelings again for it because it's in the next episode during the um it's like a winter carnival type thing that's happening but you know what's even weirder about it in my opinion is that they have this moment she kind of seems like you know bristly about the fact that Jess is in town because they see him at his in his car and Lorelai brings it up and it's like how do you feel about this sort of conversation that they're having and she's like do you think he died (laughs) yeah because like froze to death and that's kind of like the most that we really get from her we see him like thinking she's around town and this I love you happens I hate when people say that this is like romantic because he like said it and then he ran away because he couldn't confront his feelings it's like Mm, no this is not how you do that no He, he left the first time without saying anything and then I think this is almost worse of like what do you have to say for yourself 
myself. I love you. Peace out again. Bye. You're going to watch me drive away in my car and you have to stand here. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. The next episode, we don't hear anything about it from Rory. Well, there's like a little exchange between her and Lorelai and I don't know if it's in the next episode or later. No, because the next episode is the um, Incredible Sinking Lorelai. Lorelai's? Mm-hmm. When Lane gets kicked out of their dorm, she could have talked to Lane yeah. about it, but she doesn't. And then she and Lorelai are on different pages. And you know who's there is Dean. Like, it's literally like, Jess says, I love you. She doesn't address it in the next episode. And Dean is the one that's at the end of the episode as she's like crying. And she's talking about having to drop a class and like feeling like she's failing. But at no point is it like my ex-boyfriend who just up and left me, showed up in town last night, said, I love you, and then left. And now I'm crying about a class. There's no mention about it whatsoever. And Dean is comforting her. Until I want to say it might be in last week fights this week tights or the episode prior. Luke can see her face. I don't know if it's that or if it's in last week fights this week tights, but they're on the phone and Rory is at Yale. Lorelai goes, I just want to talk about the J word. And Rory goes, oh, no more about Jesus. Like, I don't want to talk about him anymore. (laughs) And she's like, no, Jess. She's like, oh, okay. What about him? Like so casual, but I don't know if it's in that phone call or in another conversation where Lorelai is like yeah because I'm gonna run up tell you I love you and run away like they do address it but it's so benign this relationship was the pinnacle of Rory feeling her feelings and we're just not gonna talk about it we're just gonna make light of it that's what's so weird about it is on Rory's end of it it doesn't really seem to be anything on Jess's end of it he like this is when he comes to the diner and he's sitting there and he's like I told her I love her yeah and like it's a Luke Jess story after TJ's bachelor party which we didn't talk about in the wedding episode i know we did it we completely forgot to address that did you know that tj's brother is actually his brother brother, is his brother yeah he's the dad from wizards of waverly place yeah yeah i didn't know that um well i guess i did because i just said it but it took me a while to realize it oh yeah they have very similar very similar energy yeah they do but so he's in the diner and it's almost like what's so interesting about this storyline that doesn't make sense is this doesn't mean anything to Rory, it feels like. Like, it feels like it almost, like, pushed her to Dean indirectly, but, like, didn't actually do anything because mm. this is a Jess-Luke storyline because the whole end of season four for Jess and Luke is about love because yeah. he gets the You Deserve Love book and he's mm. reading it, which I just love. Okay, I know we romanticize the man, but the idea of Jess reading a book that says on the front cover you deserve love the saying at the beginning that he wants you to repeat out loud is if you crave love then you deserve love if i crave love then i deserve love and i just see i just like imagine jess saying that out loud to himself it's like an affirmation <laughs> i made myself cry about this last night i know it's, it's because so he sweet. does and I think that also comes from a place of knowing what kind of like a broken home he came from between both of his parents because yeah. now at this point we've met both of his parents and they're not bad people you can just tell that they just weren't ready to be parents and he and Rory have that in common in two very different ways whereas like Lorelai stepped up Chris clearly wasn't ready to be a dad but is slowly stepping up and he's Jess is not really getting that so he doesn't know love in the same way that Rory knows love and yeah. Luke who is really a parental figure in his life is all also going through the motions of like finding love and accepting that he deserves love and I just think there's something so special and sentimental about the fact that like he turns to Luke or Luke rather guides him or in that shoves way. it in his face yeah and gives him this book <laughs> and that they're both yeah. kind of on this journey together and the outcome of course is very different and I think the outcome makes sense because to the Jess of it is that he really was not ready for it Jess read a book felt like that was enough and was like felt like loving was enough yeah like felt like that was the foundation of it it was timing with Jess it was the first step was learning that he deserved love like he needed to sit with that for a few more days before he the next step was oh I love Rory Gilmore we're gonna run away together now like he already knew that he loved Rory yeah but I think that it was like the because the whole book is about you being deserving of love and like his response to this book is to show up at Rory's dorm yeah and ask her to run away with him I've said it before and I'll say it again you do not show up at Rory Gilmore's dorm like in the middle of the night telling her to run away with you how did he know where to go it was so bizarre that whole entire scene when I was a kid I was like screaming at Rory I've said this before like go with him go with him (laughs) and now in hindsight I'm like why did you go to a therapist yeah (laughs) seek out therapy but if you take a step back from like the Jess moments of this that is just it feels like it's a direct effect but it's never like directly addressed in this way of like Jess says I love you to Rory 
in the next episode, Dean is hugging her as she cries. Yeah. Jess shows up at her dorm, begging her to run away with him because he loves her. The next episode, she's sleeping with Dean. Yeah. It's almost this, like, someone is professing love to her, and it's pushing her to this other man. But, like, Well, without- it's pushing her into safety. Because once Jess leaves, especially after a fight that transpires between Dean and Jess, Jess just dips. She is only interested in safety. She is only yeah. interested in familiarity. Whereas when she was with Dean and looking towards Jess, she wanted the excitement. She wanted that. Dean is safe. So every time that Jess comes to her, she's turning back towards safety. She will not look in Jess's direction. She has to continue to turn around, which sucks. Like, take out the fact that he's married. That was a big, big component of it. But like, you're literally running back to a man just because he's safe. And it's never like directly. It's never like she's with Dean. It's like, Jess showed up yesterday it's just I feel like it's like more of like a deep feeling of like I have run into you my mom's not available and you are the next safest person who loves me who still loves me and like the same thing of like it's a really big deal that Jess Mariano showed up at your dorm begging you to leave yeah like that's huge and like he loves you I just want to know how she settled those feelings how did she do that how did she accurately move through that she started an affair (laughs) facts but I just mean that like leading up to that how did she move through that it's like I just feel like a love like that is not something that you just get over yeah that's why it's confusing for me to that effect of like it pushing her towards Dean when she's like is talking to Lorelai after they've had sex she says like aren't you happy it was with someone who loved me oh and like that idea of like (laughs) I just feel ick sorry no I know it's like aren't you happy that it was with someone who really loves me He's married. You don't understand the situation. Is he still married? Yeah. Then I understand the situation. Yeah. But I'm a baby. He's my Dean. Ugh. Like, that's when I really feel like Rory hasn't, like, grasped the concept of love. Of, like, you can still love this man. He can still love you. But he's not yours to sleep with. No. It's not an excuse is what it felt like in this moment of, like, he's my Dean. I love him. He loves me. Well, I think all of this was her overcorrecting. Everything we just talked about, all of season four, when it comes to Rory's love life, she's like, I feel like I made the wrong choice. I think I should have stayed with Dean. Here comes Jess giving me everything that I had asked for. With the exception of maybe showing up because like he's there, but then he runs away. So it's more of the same. Classic She speaks to that though. She does tell Lane about Jess coming to her dorm room and being like, run away with me. And she says the thing about Jess is he's great one minute and then the next like he's gone. So she speaks to her concerns about that. And then in the same breath, she speaks to Dean and his stability. She's like, it wasn't the same way that it was like when I was with Dean, I felt so safe. And so it's like she's really trying. So it's Lane's fault. (laughs) But I just feel like Rory's really trying to do it right the second time, even though there isn't technically another chance presenting itself with the exception of the fact that Dean clearly still has feelings for her. But like he hasn't necessarily presented her yet with this idea of like, it's not working with Lindsay. Let's try this again. But like she's already made up in her mind, like I have to do this right the second time. Well, that's really interesting then for how they end, because one of the reasons they end I don't think that Logan plays a huge role into them ending things yeah he was just kind of there he was there yeah looking so fine Mm. and giving her a taste of what she could have but I think to this effect of like Rory went from this moment of like feeling a little bit maybe like a little bit of like a live wire and needing to keep like seek out something safe like Dean with Logan in like you jump I jump Jack he gives her that speech of like your choice ace like it's almost like he's giving her permission and opening her up to the possibility of not being stable Mm. like of like adventure being an option of like you can choose to stay here on the ground you can choose to stay here in your like very safe stable life with your ex-boyfriend who was married or we can climb up here and you can choose different better things for yourself you can literally move on and jump into a new version of life in this like life that you've now become stagnant in when you can just now explore new things yeah and it almost felt like logan inadvertently was telling her like get out of the safety that you found yourself in because you were afraid and make a choice to jump into something new it's kind of where that is exciting life yeah 
and then it kind of just Dean and her kind of just like end it's not like anything huge it's like we love each other but like that's not really enough here like you were a stable stop along the road for me mm-hmm. you were a safety when I felt unstable mm-hmm. but now I kind of like the possibility of things being up in the air yeah including me as I fall through it yeah and then we um we end Dean. Bye, Dean. Not we don't kill him, but but we <laughs> might want ends. to. <laughs> no murders. This no isn't a murder murders. Podcast. But I do think that that allowed her the space and the freedom to then later in the series. I mean, we don't get this until the next season in Welcome to the Dollhouse when she and Logan yeah. are together, and he gives her the Birkin bag. Birkin bag. Because at the time she's living with her in grandparents in the pool house, yeah. and she's kind of facing this weird parental advisory from. Richard and Emily and and Logan is facing it too. They're starting to really hover over her and they're having this conversation and she's like, Logan, I love you. And I love his response. He goes, wow, the lady at the store told me this might happen. (laughs) Like, I just (laughs) love it so much. Yeah. I love that. And like, I, I love how honest he is here, but this is like a writing moment that I really love where like, obviously drama does not always reflect real life and doesn't feel natural, but I feel like this is like really does mm. where she is now overcorrecting for what she's just said because she has like, I love you trauma where it's like the first time someone said I love you to her, which she kind of speaks to as he's talking. She had no idea what to say. Yeah. And then like the second boyfriend that said it to her said it. And then he ran away. And dipped. And so now here she is, like, the girl with, like, the most daddy issues, like, so proud of her for even feeling confident enough to just say it out of the blue like that, Rory. Yeah. Like, good on you. Especially when she's in such tumultuous times with her mom, who would usually be the person she'd, like... Talk it through Yeah, with. bounce this off of. And instead, yeah. she just, like, on her own accord is like, I love you. And she is, like, really patting herself for a crash landing here of, like, I you don't have to say it back because this is what has happened to me in the past. Like, she's really trying to, like overcorrect for this thing that she said and like protect herself despite the fact that she still wants to say it yeah and logan's response to it is like he's very taken aback he says i've said i love you to a lot of girls but i've never like meant it before which he's like that didn't come out right which is true that was like a weird thing to he he says that and follows it up with i'm not gonna do that to you i I agree i appreciate the the sentiment of of it yeah it sounds like he kind of never really felt it for someone in the way that I think he knows he can feel it for Rory if he doesn't already. And he wants to respect her. Like, it's like, I'm not just going to tell you this to tell you this because, like, I really feel like I'm not going to tell you this just to tell you this because I love you. Yeah. Like, that almost felt like it was, like, a convoluted, like, he hadn't had time to, like, you know, he needed to consider it. Mm. Like, he probably did love her at the time. But it's just a lot of people compare those moments between Dean and Logan saying I love you because of, like, the nature of it. And, like, you can't really, like, he's a 16-year-old who didn't know how to regulate his emotions. And Logan is like, you know, in his first relationship trying to figure it out, but very, I think it was really mature of him to be like, I'm not going to say it back to you because I don't want it to just say it to say it because I think I do love you. And she tells him it's okay. Which I love. It's a very full circle moment from Starcrossed Lovers and Other Strangers. It's a very healthy moment. Yeah. Which is a testament to the fact that Logan and Rory did have a very healthy relationship. But this is also before Let Me Hear Your Babalinka's ringing out, where things go south. Well, I was going to say... It's really healthy that they have this conversation because when Logan returns it, it is the least healthy Mm -hmm. response because he's in the hallway showing up after months of being away like our dear friend Jess. But this is also kind of like a Rory Dean situation in Love Daisies and Troubadours. He feels like he's lost her. And so he comes to her and says, I love you. Instead of running up to him and grabbing his face and kissing him, Rory's like, I have an appointment. I have to go. I don't question it in the same way that I did with Rory and Dean because I think that that is why he comes back is because he realized I really did love this girl yeah and I finally gotten over myself enough but like in her hallway like kind of just like accosting her with this statement when she's like trying to get away from me worry I love you uh it's dramatic but it's like is that when you had to say it why is it that every time the man in Rory Gilmore's life says I love you to her for the first time it's just not good yeah it's just like bombarding her blindsiding her with it yeah she is such i love you trauma yeah (laughs) 
you know, I know that eventually they, like, they find a good footing, and I think that is Rory's most, like, stable, solid relationship. It's her adult relationship. Of course. But, like, there's a lot of love there. Which is why when they do have this moment in season seven, when he proposes mm-hmm. and he says, I love you, and she says it back, of course it's easy. Hold on, we have to back up for just one second. Because what you mentioned before about when she goes to see Jess and kind of, like, suss out these feelings, she, this is after the bridesmaids incident, after she's mad at him, she kisses Jess, and that makes her say, I'm in love with him. Yeah. And it's like... Did you have to kiss Jess to realize that? No. Did you have to bring Jess into this? No, she didn't. But he's a good sport about it. He really is. But like, what's so fascinating to me is that like, then Jess becomes the familiarity. Mm, yeah, she seeks him out. Why is it that Rory's always seeking out familiarity to cope with her feelings for somebody else? This is really when it would have made sense for her and Lane to have a little, a little dinner date, a little movie night, and talk about their feelings rather than her seeking out her ex-boyfriends after her other boyfriend, maybe her other ex-boyfriend, <laughs> approached her. You know? Yeah. Maybe she could have used some female energy in her life rather than using ex-boyfriends to suss out current situations. I agree with you. And it does end up pushing her back towards Logan. And that's when they have the healthiest iteration of their relationship, in my opinion, because they've gotten through all of this until he proposes. And all of this, you know, sort of unravels in season seven, where saying I love you is easy. Saying I love you just kind of comes second nature to the two of them because it's so obvious that they love each other. That's not the problem. Because in my favorite episode, Partings, when he says, I love you, Ace, like that's my favorite, that's Mm -hmm. my favorite I love you in the whole show. It's just like, it's easy for them now. This is our love. Like we we love each other. And going into season seven with all of the like easy I love yous, it feels like it makes sense between the two of them. Yeah. In a way that it doesn't between, like, Lorelai and Chris. Because with Rory and Logan, they have that, like, foundation. And so when they start saying it a lot, you're like, sweet. They love each other. Totally makes sense. But when the other characters start doing it, you're like, mm. you're missing the whole point of the rest of the series. Well, with again, this I character. feel like in season seven, they throw around I love you way more often than they ever had. Especially from Lorelai. Because Lorelai's journey with love is interesting so different very very different well and she's a 32 year old woman that's when we meet her like but with the emotional maturity sometimes of a 16 year old girl so she's the dean <laughs> i think it depends i think it depends no, on the situation she's not dean. no we won't say that about her that's rude no <laughs> but i think that there is a very interesting air about her relationship with christopher that mimics that of rory and dean because it's young love and that's kind of the first yeah. time that we really see that come about in the series with lorelei yeah she he is a bit of the like stability from other things the familiarity yeah because if we oh interesting she is kind of of that because my favorite episode partings when she's talking to uh lenny the therapist in the car jan from the office jan from the office <laughs> could you imagine jan from the office is the one she's actually talking to in no this because this is the least stable character i've ever witnessed unhinged <laughs> But we're getting like a retrospective of Lorelai's love life in this, Mm -hmm. which is so fascinating because she is admitting kind of like where love exists in her life of like, she's saying, I didn't love anyone until Luke, or I don't think I loved anyone until Luke. Not Max, not Jason, not really Chris, because they were just with Chris. And then Luke, I love what Linny is saying here. She really is telling her, like, either be disappointed, like, say what you mean and be disappointed or move forward. Like, there's no other way to do this. You can't just keep this inside like you have been. Yeah. Like, I, a lot of people thought, found this moment very cringe, but this is, like, one of my favorite moments of the series yeah. between the two of them. This, like, random character who, like, stopped Who in was meant to be, like, a date for Chris. Which, like, is that on purpose? We talked, we talked about, about this off pod. pod. Did Emily set up Christopher with, with a, a psychiatrist on purpose? Not no. <laughs> Which like Emily, more power to you, girly. That was a that was a power that move. That was a Do power that again. move. <laughs> but I love the irony that she ends up with Lorelai because Lorelai needs it. Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh, Emily invited her over to set her up with Chris, but she ended up setting her up with Lorelai uh, so to talk about her feelings. I'm not saying Chris didn't need it, but Lorelai really needed it in that moment. Yeah. From this conversation, we hear her for the first time in six seasons genuinely saying I love you to someone. And then 
that conversation, like the tumultuousness of that conversation pushes her to Chris. The familiarity. The stability in her life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never really, I mean, I know that's why they did that. I wouldn't call it stability. I would call it familiarity. I would say stability in the sense of like. He's always there. The least stable person exactly. on the show is Christopher. <laughs> That's the only caveat I would want to issue. This is the first time she really says I love you because she does say I love you to Chris jokingly in the Cotillion episode. Presenting Lorelai Gilmore. Gilmore. Presenting. I always get presenting Lorelai Planetarium. Introducing Lorelai Planetarium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I love you. I want to have your baby. Oh, wait. Yeah. And it's just a joke. But the first time she says it seriously is as things are ending because it's like the last ditch effort because she doesn't really say it too much to anyone. You mean the first time that she says it to like she really says it in the series, not to Christopher, but to Luke. No. Gotcha. In season six, episode 22. I do always wonder if because Amy was like saving that like saving having Lorelai say I love you to someone yeah. if she was like needed to put it in like her last episode if she really wanted to put that in her terms wow of, like, her partings was like if I can do anything I need to put like Lorelai's I love you in yeah. this episode from me the one thing I wanted to get right was this because it's been building like she never said it and here in this moment of like do you love me but yeah. I love you I love you Luke and it's just as she's losing him yeah at her own hand but she can't suffer through this no no i commended her so much for going to him and just being like look it's now or never i can't hold this in anymore yeah but if we back up to the conversation that she had with Linny, like the retrospect of Lorelai Gilmore's boyfriends, we go back to Max, where she says she doesn't think she loved Max. And what's interesting about that, I know that she runs into him in the big one in the pharmacy, and then in Keg Max, they confront each other because they kiss in the closet. In the coat closet. I get confused on when things happen at the end of season three because I never want to watch it. Yeah, I never do either. I never, ever want to watch the end of season three. But it's at some point, the two of them have a conversation where she goes, I just wanted to talk to you because, like, I never called and I should have called. You should have. Yeah. And he goes, you didn't love me. And she goes, I don't think I didn't love you. But she never says, no, I loved you. Yeah. I don't think I didn't love you. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I didn't love you is not I love you. No. It's a double negative, but it is not I love you. It is you. not. A positive yeah and then like so speaking to that to that being like her first real relationship that we watch from like the establishment to the fallout she kind of self-admits in season three I don't think I didn't love you but then at the end of season six it's I didn't I wanted to but I didn't yeah but she was gonna full send marry this man I know and then earlier in season one before you know she and Max really kick off the serious iteration of their relationship and Christopher returns when Christopher comes to her and is like I want to marry you there's no exchange of I love you between the two of them there's that obvious energy of familiarity and him thinking that that is enough for them to get married because they have that and they've known each other for years and they have a kid together He's like, let's get married and then learn stuff about each other yeah <laughs> okay but then at the end when he's driving away and Rory and Lorelai are left on the lawn and she says he wanted you to marry him didn't he she also says he loves you and this is before anything happens with Dean, which is so interesting yeah. because this is sort of their first conversation about romantic love between Lorelai and Rory. Yeah. What is he, what is the exact dialogue between the two of them? Because I know that you have it pulled Rory up. Rory says, he loves you. And Lorelai says, he does love me. And Rory asks, do you love him? And she says, honey, come on. And eventually she finally says, I will probably always love him. But then she goes on to say, but that doesn't change the fact that he still has a long way to go before he is ready to take us on full time. And she's right. But it's so interesting to me that the first conversation that they have that we see about love on this show and this is again before Rory has to experience any of this with Dean the next episode is yeah when she experiences it with Dean yeah yeah and it's that like circumstances and love do go hand in hand and I think that's what makes mm. Rory go like look, look at, at my, my mom. mom look at our life are you ready to take me on full-time mm-hmm it's so interesting, mm, interesting to me. By the time we watch Lorelai and Christopher's entire journey, of course, in season two, she's like, I love you. I want to have your baby. Oh, wait. 
too late. Like that is really the only time that we see Lorelai say I love you until season seven when they fucking go to Paris and have a fake wedding. Is that the first time she says to Christopher I love you and vice versa? I'm not sure but I imagine maybe so. They might have said it before that. In season seven I, I never I never watch it so I don't know but in season seven I feel like he may have said it when I don't think that when she says it to Linny I don't think she's saying I don't love Christopher. I don't think she's saying like she says the only person I really loved was Luke. I don't think she's saying Christopher was not someone that I loved. No, I don't think so either. I think it was like of Max, of Jason, of Luke. It's them because I think that Chris exists, exists on his outside own. of all. I of these. agree yeah. with you because it's so deeply rooted in the familiarity and the young love and they have been in each other's lives since they were 16 years old. Yeah. It's almost like with Luke the love was enough, but with Christopher, the love that I had for him didn't even fully register because it never really made sense to apply it to the situation almost. And what's interesting is then she, in season seven, turns to that love, trying to make it enough. Again, these women love to overcorrect with safety and stability. And boy, did she overcorrect. <laughs> fully not even just by sleeping with him because she was upset about issuing an ultimatum to luke like that made sense that's kind of a a fight or flight response marrying him in paris being like i love you i am so happy like really trying to convince herself like you probably could have felt that same way eating a baguette (laughs) you know yeah i love you bread i am so happy You didn't need to involve Christopher. But I do really think she did love Christopher. It was just she was overcorrecting because she wanted it to be Luke. Yeah, because that's what she says to him. Like if we're like conceding to like the season seven narrative, she says she says to him, you're the man I want to want. There's nothing really about love. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't love him. I think she does love him. Yeah. But she says, you are the man I want to want. I feel like that just describes their relationship so well. Yeah. Not to like give them credit in season seven, but sure. Because I feel like that's really the crux of it is like she loves him and she's wanted to want him. And I think that that was evident in partings Mm -hmm. is like, I want like this man who keeps showing up for me who wants to be with me like I feel like that's kind of always Chris buffering in the background of like he would be with Lorelai at the drop of a hat yeah um unless something else comes up (laughs) and so it's easy to just go to him because love can be really painful if like it's not enough because that's kind of where it was with her and Luke is like here's the first man that we're like obviously like off screen off scene scenes that we don't see they're saying I love you there but the first time that we see her say it is when it's ending yeah and she goes to this person that she wants to want. Yeah. Wants it to be enough. Oh. So I think I think that overall, like, Chris doesn't really apply to that, like, consideration of, like, Luke was the only one that she loved. But it was just, it was different. Yeah. It's, it was different between the two of them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that Lorelai turning back to the familiarity of Christopher really does go hand in hand with Rory turning back to the familiarity of Dean when it comes to love. It's not that they didn't love them. It's just that that wasn't enough for their relationship to be sustainable for it to be right and i know that she didn't love jason because in this conversation in the car with lenny doesn't even get brought up you know his name is not even mentioned but he is another person who because like max is the only one who we see from like the first time they meet until the last time they really see each other but with chris they've been friends since they were kids with luke they've known each other for a long time Mm -hmm. they've been friends And even with Jason, she knew him from way back when. And so it's like this, like, Lorelai loves to do a friends to lovers sort of situation. For sure. She says it. Like, she doesn't even bring him up. I don't think she loved Jason. I don't think. Yeah. I think she cared for him. For sure. And I think it was a relationship that could have gotten there eventually had the circumstances not been working against them. But it didn't. And that's okay. But what it all boils down to is that at the end of the day, her relationship with Luke was the one for her. Yeah. It was the one that she wanted to fight for. It was the one where the love was enough to sustain them <laughs> through a variety of of iterations of their relationship and through a long journey and through kind of being frozen in time and a year in the life. But what's interesting about Lorelai saying I love you to Luke for the first time as partings, Luke was not that much earlier than her than the first time that we hear him say it is a couple of episodes earlier in a vineyard valentine when she finally kind of has this breakdown of like what is happening here and he says i love you and she says i really need to hear that sometimes yeah which is funny because it's the first time we're hearing it so it's like 
Let's hear it some more. Yeah, we all need to hear it sometimes. And I think it's fascinating that that's the first time that we hear him say it Mm -hmm. because of this thing that happened at the end of season four where we were talking about he gives Jess the You Deserve Love book. But we're witnessing, listen to this book on tape, which I always want to know what made Luke go to the Stars Hollow bookstore in search of You Deserve Love. Did he read about it? I think it was his relationship with Nicole falling apart. He was like, I didn't love this woman and yet I married her. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. How did he find out about this book? You know, like, it's just like, what? How did this book end up in his life where he was like going to purchase it at the store? I know. Which Andrew kept in stock, thank goodness. But the whole concept of is like, you deserve love. Let's figure out who you love. Let's figure out how this fits into your life. Yeah. And he, like, is really, you know, at first really grumbly about it, but he's doing it. He's listening to the tape. He's showing up for it. And then he realizes that he loves Lorelai and asks her to the wedding. And, you know, they have this whole moment. And then they kiss. But at no point in this does he say, I love you. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that's the only way that you can show love to someone. Definitely not. There's so many ways on the show that love is expressed and shown. Yeah, we just decided to break down the actual verbal exchange of, I love you. Yeah. But I feel like in a, when a relationship is new like that and it's just starting, which Rory seems to have had really no issue with this coming up in each of her relationships, he never says it. He never he says, I'm all in, mm. which can be interpreted as I love you because I am all in for this thing that we're doing. But like, it's different. Like, you know, like, yeah, like Lorelai says, I really need to hear that sometimes. And I think that that I think it was always so interesting that he had like literally a love book. That didn't go any, that didn't lead him to professing love. Yeah. Just led him to embrace the person that he loves. Very interesting. He's a man of few words. For sure. So you would think that those three might, I don't know, slip on in there every once in a while. Every now and then. Yeah. I love you is not used a lot. Lorelai doesn't even really say it to Rory that much. Yeah. Like when it's the like, I love you, mom. You have no idea, kid. She doesn't get it from her parents. Like, duh. Emily's not just throwing love around. We don't really get it between Emily and Richard either. So it's like that thing of like, this is not a phrase that's used a lot. It's like more so in the actions. But I do agree with Lorelai. Sometimes in these sort of relationships, you need to hear that. Oh, yeah. Especially because of what Luke and Lorelai were going through. Which is a lot. Yeah. And... How we got from like season four of Luke being like reading the You Deserve Love book to like I am all in to the first time he says love is like a full season and a half later. While they're in a very, very sticky time together. I know. They're in a deep standstill together. Yeah. And it almost seems like he says it as like a, not an excuse, but like, it's almost like everything's going to be okay because I love you. Yeah. Because he said it, but like, what does it mean like when there's not any action behind it? I think that's why Lorelai says it. Because with her, it was, I love you. And here is the action behind it. I love you. Let's elope. I love you. I need to marry you. I love you. I need for something to happen because we have just been stagnant this whole time. And I'm going crazy here is what she says. So I think for her, it's like it makes sense that I love you was coming like accompanying. I'm leaving or we're getting married because there has to be an action behind this word that I'm this phrase that I'm professing to you because with Luke they set up their relationship where everything that he did felt so action-based because he was I could almost feel like he's an acts of service sort of guy yeah he totally is and it feels like the moment that it felt like they needed to commit to it and you know like make it happen that June 3rd of it we lost it yeah we lost that Luke that we loved we lost that like person that we watched this like slow burn romance that like suddenly hit a standstill with this one roadblock Mm. of like they were gonna get married and then they couldn't and it's like where did that Luke go like how did that go so wrong for them to end up where they did in partings when they started with the you deserve love love book and of course it started long before that but like how did that go so wrong and we'll have more to say on that next episode follow us on instagram at gilmore to say podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now as we will have a new episode out every tuesday because we always have more to say and if you have more to say find us on patreon where you can support the pod join our gilmore obsessed community and access bonus episodes every month Haley has strong feelings. Surprise, I have strong feelings. (laughs) Could you imagine if I started a podcast about this show and I didn't have strong feelings?